Hello, welcome to Positive Talk with David Startouch, uh, founder of Survivor Hero, and you're joining us in the middle of a uh, the Thrive model. We're going through the popular book, What Doesn't Kill Us, The New Psychology of Post-Traumatic Growth by Dr. Stefan Joseph. He is a leading clinical researcher in post-traumatic growth and sharing his self-help Thrive model. I am a uh, PhD candidate in psychology, cognitive neuroscience, uh, coaching, as well as a uh, certified in coaching and a licensed clinical counselor in Colorado. I work in the ER doing crisis work. And I actually have had trauma in my own life. So for those who've heard this before, uh, I'm mixing this up a little bit. Uh, so one of the things I always wanted is uh, some extra resources. And I used a lot of self-help and tape books and things to kind of go through it. But I, in my PTSD uh, flashback things, I would have difficulty reading. So I would have loved to have a resource where I could have listened to it over and over in smaller chunks. So what we've done is uh, we've, again, broken this up into 21-minute intervals. If this is your first time checking in with this, please go to episode one or episode two of this series, of the Thrive Model series, as that's going to build in some safety nets. The first episode gives you a nice intro overview of the book, and the second is an overview of the Thrive Model intro. And then we jump right in on episode three, but episode two provides some of the safety nets to keep you safe and strong as we go through this process. This is self-help. I do also recommend having a therapist or a coach, um, and yeah, starting there. Now again, my expertise is uh, as a stress consultant, I also bulletproof people with attorneys as well as a crisis counselor and a coach. Bulletproofing, again, is preparing someone who might have to encounter character attacks or cross-examination on the stand so that they're bulletproof under fire. And it can be very, very difficult. And you may relate to this in your own life, not just in legal, but having to sit there when you're not allowed to say anything because it would hurt your case. And in, in the law, um, if the defendant actually speaks up, instead of the attorney, it looks bad. So it's basically blinking first and you don't want to do that. So I help people with that. Basically, I, what, I, what I really want you to, uh, to, to bring into your mindset here is that by doing this work, you, you can gain some uh, superpower, so to speak. You can gain some strength that will help you in your life in various and unexpected ways. And so I really hope that this is helpful for you. If you're checking this on out on iTunes or SoundCloud, um, head over to the YouTube when you're finished or have time. Send us a comment. Let us know how you're getting this. Uh, we'd love to know uh, for future releases of content. And uh, we're just on signpost one of his six-stage system. It is, uh, we'll probably be finishing signpost one today. Uh, it is a six-stage system. And then uh, as we finish, we'll also be going over some uh, additional support things you can do. Uh, okay, so before we get started on that, last little thing is I want you to also uh, do a self-check-in. And if you have that notebook or uh, journal, go ahead and write down, you can pause this audio uh, when, before you do this, or after you, when you're ready to do this, pause the video or audio and write down, what, where, uh, what, what has your, the greatest lesson of your journey been so far? And just to kind of get an, a look back so far over this, these stages, how have you changed? And if you can kind of just take stock of that for a moment, uh, as we near the end of this section, I find it's very helpful just for that to be 
that seed to be planted in your unconscious because I think as we finish the end of this, you may have some even more powerful aha moments. And uh, I look forward to uh, to hearing your final transformations. You can post any aha moments there. We do try to get to all the comments we can. We'd love to know how this is impacting your life. But also, if you're having things that work for you, share those with others because they others might be going through something similar and find it very helpful. Again, the standard disclaimer, this is not therapy. This is some self-help coaching. Uh, we do recommend working with a therapist. If any of this puts you in crisis, please dial 911, go to the emergency room, uh, or consult a crisis hotline. And uh, we want you to be safe as you're going through this. As you enter into your hero story, the thriving model is part of the hero story, where you move from victim to survivor to hero. This is the process. Okay, so uh, we're going to get started now. Thank you for bearing with me on my long-winded intro. We are about to enter the cutscene then. All right, so here we go. Turning into your emotions. It is helpful to be able to talk about how we are feeling if there are people willing and able to listen and offer support. Now, that's the key part there. If people are willing and able, you want to have the right people, folks, your circle of trust. But some people have more difficulty than others expressing themselves emotionally. It can be useful to practice putting our feelings into words. Sometimes people will try to express how they feel, saying something like, I just feel terrible. Therapists, as well as family and friends, can help them unpack their feelings into further skill, uh, with further skilled questioning. What does it mean by terrible? What do you mean when you say by terrible? I don't know, I just feel terrible. Okay, so let's pick that apart. By terrible, do you mean anxious and tense in your body? Yes, that's what I mean. Does that cover it, or is there anything else? Well, I feel angry too. Anything else? I don't want to worry my family. So when you say you feel terrible, it's a mix of feeling anxious, angry, and not wanting to worry your family. Anything else? I feel lonely as well and so forth. So you just would continue on that, unpacking it, giving them a chance to talk, process, and piecing each thing together. Uh, often with trauma, we've got very complex feelings with layers of depth, and just having a gentle, kind friend or family member who's willing to talk to those, or if you have trauma in your family, you can also do that for other people. So now here's that, here's that part. Now for those offering support, Listening well and helping others unpack how they're feeling requires being very attentive to what they're actually saying. Simply try to understand without offering advice. Please do this. I'm just interjecting there on that. Please refrain from offering advice that your goal is to just actively listen. Without judgment, without comment, just to listen. So another way, he's continuing here, another way to help tune in to yourself is by listening to your body. The mind and body are interconnected. Ask yourself, how do I feel in my body? Anger is a frequently expressed in muscle tension. Hence, people sometimes refer to things that anger them as causing them to be in pain in the neck, like causing them a pain in the neck. I feel choked up. Uh, I feel sad. There might be a lump in their, or they may feel sad or a lump in their throat. Uh, they may feel like they can't breathe. If people are frightened, they might have a racing heart. They might talk about feeling having butterflies in their stomach. Not the good kind either. 
you know, like the love kind that people, one people like. Uh, if people have trauma, I for one, when I don't really love the butterfly feeling, that actually makes me feel very anxious. So that's one challenge in relationships. And I, since I'm conscious and aware about it, I'm able to uh, process that in a healthy way. So if you are having that, any of those feelings, take a few minutes to make yourself comfortable, to close your eyes, to rest your hands of your palms gently down on your stomach, and to let yourself get in touch with what you're feeling in your body. Use your body to find clues to how you might be feeling. And as we move to this next subsection, think about how your emotions influence you. That's actually what the section's called. Some emotions can be powerful drivers. Sometimes people get locked into emotional states that do not actually do them any good. Anger is a good example. It's important to know, for example, when to be angry and how to express it appropriately. But it's also important to know when to let go of anger and when we are driven by anger. We do things we would not otherwise do when we're angry. We often regret our actions later. Often, the shame can lead us to hide away from others because from others when we really what we really need is to seek company of others. Be aware of how your emotions are causing you to act. Some emotions are harder to let go of. Anyone whose car has ever been stuck in a snowdrift knows that pressing the accelerator harder makes the wheel spin more furiously and it only gets us more and more stuck. When we panic, we are inclined to accelerate even more. To get free, we need to apply pressure to the accelerator gently, let the car rock back and forth, and build up some rhythm. Eventually, the car breaks free. What we need to do in the aftermath of adversity is not so different. We need to accept the reality of our situation. As one woman said, thinking back to the times when it all seemed just too much to bear, and you want to run away from it all, there comes a layer, another layer of learning and growth to accept things that we cannot change. Consider the case of the actor, Michael J. Fox, who developed Parkinson's disease at a young age of 30. In his memoir, Always Looking Up, he described, or describes, how he was inspired by the courage of cyclist Lance Armstrong in the face of cancer, reflecting on his life before Parkinson's and how the disease proved to be a turning point. Fox wrote, It is really course correction, at that point in my life, when I got Parkinson's, I had to look at the way I was living and drinking. It wasn't like a little warning side on the side of the road. It was a big caution in flashing lights. I don't know that I would have the family that I have now, the life that I have, the sense of purpose, if none of this had happened. The one choice I don't have is whether or not I have it. But beyond that, my choices are, are infinite. How I approach it is up to me. It has a lot to do with, and this is hard for people to understand, accepting it. And that doesn't mean being resigned and not looking for the cure. If you're trying to get away from it or change it, you're going to wear yourself out. Focus on what you can do and build on that. That's the next section, not Michael J. Fox. Focus on what you can do and build on that. One woman found it too frightening to even walk down the street. Patricia told me, I started shaking, my, started shaking as soon as I set foot outside the door, but I realized that, okay, I can't walk down the street, but I can go to my garden. 
I know it sounds simple, but it took me a long time to realize that I needed to stop focusing on what I couldn't do and begin to focus on what I could do. Just to be able to go to the garden, walk around, look at the flowers, sit outside, have my coffee in the morning, I even started doing a bit of gardening. I planted some lovely flowering climbers. It made a difference. Instead of hiding inside, I was doing something for myself. It felt like while I was tending the garden, I was also tending myself. The more I started doing, the more things I could do. The more I built my confidence. Then I was able to go out the front door, walk to the end of the street, and well, here I am now. It seems so obvious now to focus on what I can do, not what I can't. Rather than focusing on what she couldn't do, she realized she was holding herself back and she needed to focus on what she could do. Laughter and smiling. You may not feel like it. You may not think that it will seem appropriate to others, but laughter helps. First of all, by the way, you may have noticed uh, if I stumble, I may laugh a little bit. That's me doing this step. I'm not actually enjoying the trauma. I'm, I'm laughing at myself for my natural stumbles and falls because we all have them. Okay, so, but laughter helps. First of all, if you're laughing and smiling, it gives you a breather from your worries. Second, good nature behaviors like these will bring social benefits. Third, positive emotions are important because they begin to undo the knots of negative emotions. Positive emotions open up our minds and our hearts, and they build our resources. So watch movies that make you laugh. Read humorous books. Listen to comedians. Whenever opportunities arrive that may bring you a smile, bring a smile to your face, think about giving them a go. You can tell he's British. Think about giving them a go, even if you don't feel like it. <laughs> All right, learning from the past. We have all dealt with difficult situations in the past. Think about your past situations and how you coped with them. You can ask yourself, what helped me cope then? They don't have to be traumatic situations. Any situation that you coped with successfully in the past can potentially offer inspiration to you for how to cope now. Reflect on what coping strategies you used and the functions they served you. All of the above pointers are useful. If three or four months pass and you are still attending to these basics, but still feel also distressed and troubled and struggling to cope at home or work, then it might be time and very wise to seek professional help. They say see Appendix 3. And I'm actually going to pause here and we're going to jump to Appendix 3. We've actually now completed Signpost 1. So Bear with me. There we go, Appendix 3. Now, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about Appendix 3 today is as a professional, um, I, I find his lists uh, are very, very helpful to help you sort out uh, what kind of help you need, what's going on, and that way when you go in for help, you know what to ask for and to get your needs met. Okay, so we're going to start with the top. Some advice for seeking professional help. This appendix is intended to provide some guidance about and advice general advice, but how to seek professional help and who to seek help from and what it is to be on the lookout for or what to be on the lookout for. It will be useful to people who are seeking help for themselves, but it's also useful to family and friends who want to know more about the subject. So when to seek professional help. Feelings of distress, confusion, disorientation are common in the immediate aftermath of a traumatic event. 
If, however, these problems are particularly intense and upsetting and or if they've lasted for more than six to eight weeks, it may be appropriate to seek professional help. The following checklist of various problems associated with the aftermath of trauma, if left, uh, the following checklist is associated with the various aftermath problems. In uh, next to the blank line, you're going to write yes if you agree to the statement or no. Now, this is also where it's very helpful to, to buy the book, and I recommend it. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go down this list, and as I say it, I want you to write yes or no. And this is going to be just like a guide right now to see if you, if, if it might be helpful or to and it'll take you through the process. And you just need to do this once as an experiment. Um, we can revisit it in a minute. All right, you ready? All right, here we go. Yes or no? Yes, if you agree with the statement, but no, if you do not agree. I feel overwhelmed and I cannot handle my feelings and body, bodily sensations. I feel overwhelmed and I cannot handle my feelings and bodily sensations. Yes or no? Next question, next statement. I have no one to share my feelings with, but I would like to talk to someone. I have no one to share my feelings with, but I would like to talk to someone, yes or no. I feel numb and empty. I feel numb and empty, yes or no. I always feel tense, confused, and exhausted, yes or no. I always feel tense, confused, or exhausted, yes or no. Okay, next one. I have unpleasant sensations in my body. Let me just read that again. I have unpleasant sensations in my body. Is that a yes or is that a no? I keep busy to stop me from focusing on how I'm feeling. Let me read that again. I keep busy to stop me from focusing on how I'm feeling. Yes or no? I want to avoid thoughts, places, activities, and people who are reminding me of what happened. Let me read that again. I want to avoid thoughts, places, activities, and people who are reminding me what happened. Yes or no? I have frequent distressing thoughts and recollections about what happened. I have frequent distressing thoughts and recollections about what happened. Is that yes or is that no? I have nightmares. Pretty easy. Yes or no? I have nightmares. Yes or no? Okay. I sleep badly. Yes or no? My relationships seem to be suffering badly. Yes or no? I think you got it, so I'm going to read it once now. I have sexual difficulties that didn't I didn't before. Yes or no? I'm going to read that one more time. I have sexual, sexual difficulties that I didn't have before. Yes or no? I'm drinking too much. That's obvious. Yes or no? I'm sure you got that answer. Uh, my performance at work has suffered. Yes or no? My performance at work has suffered. Yes or no? I find it hard to concentrate. Yes or no? Okay, ready guys? We're going to tally this up. If you answered yes to more than one or two of the items and the problem it is causing you and the problem is causing you to struggle with everyday concerns at home, work, you might consider professional advice. Now, if you answered yes or no, no to more, more, one of those, if you answered yes or no to many of them, definitely get some help because you're going through a lot and it would be great to have some help. So here's who to seek help from. You can look for psychotherapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, clinical social workers, counselors, psychiatric nurse, clinical mental health counselors, certified pastoral counselors, marriage and family therapists. And what to look out for. Many of these people may not be experienced working with traumatized people, so check the following. Make sure, talk about their 
uh, the professionals about their training and experience. Sorry about the microphone. Uh, and what their therapy entails, what the therapy is going to be like, what long, uh, how long is the therapy supposed to ask? These are really great questions. Different therapists will offer different techniques, but never be scared to ask about them or what they're doing. Some of these techniques might even seem strange to you, but good therapists are very pleased and happy about what they're doing and happy to explain it. So, yeah, I, I, that's very true. Make sure you feel comfortable with these professionals and find uh, out whether they will be available between sessions if you need help. Good therapists answer all your questions. They won't expect you to do anything you don't want to do. They will understand that you need to go at your own pace. And a good therapist won't push you into this, but they will understand that you need to experience emotion eventually when you are ready at your own time and at your own pace. Okay, so again, uh, we're going to wrap up there. I will be doing a separate video on this. So if you didn't get it at the end, that's okay. Um, again, my name is David Startouch. Thank you so much for joining us. Namaste.